welcome to Random Alien Brain Droppings. I'm Suzanne Chancellor, and thank you for staying with us tonight for a special interview with my next guest, who is author, experiencer, contactee, I'm going to use a little loosely right now, we'll get into that, and researcher. She's amazing. I, I love her works. I love where she's going with um, with her writing, and one of the reasons why I had her on tonight was because I, I believe that this phenomenon is going into a, a different direction, or maybe we're just awakening to it. So thank you for joining us, Betsy. How are you tonight? Oh, great. How are you, Suzanne? Thank I'm you. doing really well. You're so welcome. So, wow, this is really interesting. I interviewed Ann Druffel, and when we spoke a little while ago, you alerted me to the fact that you actually know Anne. I do, and it's so interesting how I met her. Um, We go way back um, into um, the early 80s when I first met her. Um, Should I go from the, should I start with the very beginning? If you would like, that would be fine. It's very pertinent to hear about that story. Well, uh, for me, my first experience happened when I was eight months old. Of course, I didn't recall it, but my parents told me about the event. They were attending the University of Moscow, Idaho, in northwestern Idaho, and they would visit my grandparents in southern Idaho in Twin Falls uh, during that time, and they decided to take a trip. I was eight months old at the time, and they decided to leave on a weekend. It was in October. They didn't remember the exact date, but they started out kind of late, and they reached an area called New Meadows, which was kind of a an area that is mountainous. It does have a few ranches. It was kind of desolate. They hadn't seen a car in miles, which was really strange, but out of the clear blue, they hear this horrendous noise. It was just like right on top of them. It was vibrating the car. It was so intense. And my parents were (laughs) so frightened that uh, their first thought is the plane is going to crash right on them. Right. The only thing they could think of. And the next moment, my father was out of the car looking up in the sky. My mother got out. There was nothing nothing the noise was gone the everything it was just normal there was nothing there well that was the story they had always told me and then in the early 80s um it was i think it was 1980 1981 my uncle asked me if they had ever told me the story and i said sure they have he said well did they tell you that they had lost one one hour, two hours in time. And I said, no, what? <laughs> are you serious? And he said, oh, he says, I remember it so clearly because uh, we were all scared that something had happened to your parents, a car accident, because my father always knew what time they'd get in. It was like an eight hour drive, but they were, <laughs> they were gone much longer and they couldn't account for that time that they, you know, that was missing. So that began my quest to find out what had actually happened. And yeah, so I asked my father if he wanted to be regressed. And even though he believed in aliens and 
and he believed in UFOs. He didn't want to be regressed. He was really adamant about it, which wow. was strange. But my mother said, sure, let's do it. And at the time, I lived in Los Angeles. So I contacted Bud Hopkins, who is quite famous mm. for his regressions on abductees and contactees. And he referred me to MUFON, Mutual UFO Network mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. And I got a call from Ann Druffel. Wow. <laughs> of course, she was a part of MUFON. Mm -hmm. And uh, she decided to regress both my mom and I separately. She felt that if I was listening to what my mom said, that that would influence what I was going to say. So my mom was regressed first. And my mother um, was uh, just in a light trance, but she was so fearful that something was out there. Uh, she was begging my father to not roll down the window, that there was something outside. And I thought that was really interesting. She said that there was a strange smell in the air, but she, and I know. <laughs> And then she described, um, she said the noise was different from anything she had ever heard. She said it was like just right on top of you. It was just there. It didn't, you know, come up slowly. It was just there on top of them. Wow. So, yeah. Well, you were obviously quite young at that time. I mean, eight months is, is pretty young to have recall of such event, an event like that. But right. I, what I really fascinated by is the fact that your parents actually shared this with you uh, when you were growing up. Right, right. And that is really interesting because I don't think that's very common because most people don't talk about that kind of thing. Right, right. They don't. Well, my parents, of course, believed in that. And my mom had always talked about aliens and UFOs. And of course, we called them flying saucers then. Yeah, back in the day, right? <laughs> yeah, flying saucers. Mm -hmm. And of course, there was a lot of things going on in Idaho during that time in the 50s, a lot of uh, sightings. And even my aunt had an encounter with something with her children, my cousins. Uh, so yeah, there was a lot of things going on during that time. So at that point, when you actually did the regression, how old were you? Um, when I did the regression, um, that was, um, I was in my 30s. In, in between that time, did you ever have any other experiences that you can remember? Um, I did. Um, when I was seven years old, my next encounter was seven years old. And I was in first grade, and I would walk home just like three or four blocks it wasn't far from home and I remember it was a cloudy day I was walking home and I felt something watching me <laughs> you know how you have that feeling yes. you know it's just like your skin crawls or you, you know you just your hair stands on it I looked up in the sky and I saw this massive silver disc what? up there hovering oh, I did and I was so frightened. I didn't know what to do. I, I ran and I hid in some bushes and I watched it. It would, it would increase and decrease in size. Which huh. is really, really different. I've never heard of anyone describing a UFO like that. I haven't either. No. <laughs> well, that's interesting for it being so large. Did anybody else see anything like that? 
This is the really interesting thing. Um, now, the, the next thing I remember is I ran, and I ran in a different direction instead of home. I don't know why I did this, but these things are really unclear, and I don't know if these are screen memories, but I remember trying to knock on a door, and no one was home. And the door was unlocked. I don't even know who these people were, and I ran in the house and hit under the bed. At least I think I did. Okay, interesting. So when I finally arrived home, I was like an hour late, and my mom was just frantic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she thought something had happened to me, of course. And we walked outside together and looked up in the sky. There was nothing there. And so I decided to walk around the neighborhood and just see if anybody else had seen it. And I ran into this elderly lady. I'd never seen her before. And I said, did you see anything today? And she says, oh, well, maybe it was something the military was testing. She uh -huh. says, but it's odd that a lot of children did it she claimed wow i know but there was nothing in the news which is even stranger yeah well it was really interesting is that you say a lot of children saw it right right wow so right. so then you were seven years old and then time goes by and you obviously have this uh in or I would say support in your family where you can openly talk about these things. So obviously your curiosity was beyond peaked at that point, I'm sure, as oh, to something else going on out there. So what led you to uh, researching this phenomenon? Well, I, you know, like I said, I've always been interested, but I felt that after my second UFO encounter at age seven, that I started having recurring dreams of earth changes, massive earth changes. And I, it, it's really strange, but in the dreams, I would see myself older, much older, a, you know, an adult, not a child. And I would be with a group of people, we'd be escaping a volcano erupting, there would be massive, I could feel the earth shaking, I would see and feel winds, you know, just incredible mm. winds. Um, I'd be standing on a pier one minute and I'd see huge waves coming in. So I always felt it was like a message had been given to me. And I, you know, I have to emphasize that because I just knew that a message had been given to me and I was made to forget it. It was like I was told you will remember at a certain time. Oh my God. Right, okay. Now that rings very true with me. I, yes, it does. And and a lot of people that I have interviewed have had the same experience and, and maybe in different situations. But I had a situation, a situation, an event that happened to me when I was about nine. And I remember being aboard a craft mm -hmm. and being shown um, these apocalyptic scenes that you're describing. And I was also given a, a couple of messages that didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. One of them was a mathematical equation. And I am horrible at math. So I, I basically laughed and I said, well, you know, I'm never going to understand this. And the being said to me, you will remember when it's time. Exactly verbatim, just like what, what you had to happen to you. And I have heard this through um, a lot of my interviews um, of, of experiencers as children getting that same exact message 
that when it is time. So what do you make of that? Well, uh, you know, so many people that have had experiences, UFO experiences, or, or remember, you know, aliens, you know, they've also talked about they were given a message, many, many, and, and many of the well-known cases like Betty uh, and Andrea and Luca, um, she said that she had many, many um, encounters with them, which Ray Fowler wrote about in his book, uh, The Watchers and Watchers Too. But she felt that um, they were telling her that they are carrying on genetic experiments on humans because um, our race is going to become sterile by pollution and bacteria and other terrible things. And they're creating hybrids, uh, alien-human hybrids. Yeah, I actually heard that last night. I was listening to an interview with uh, Dolores Cannon. Right, I didn't hear that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll have to listen to it. It's really amazing because a lot of the things that she said really resonated with me as well. And I don't know if it's it's just that when when we got that message, when it is time, I feel for myself that that time could be approaching very quickly. Oh, I think so. And And that we are doing these shows and, and talking about these things publicly to help others become aware of the fact that, you know, there are, uh, be aware of the possibilities of these things being real. Let's just put it that way, because I know there's a lot of skeptics out there right? Um, oh, who, who might not have been directly involved in this experience, but I really feel a strong calling to share what I've learned. And I, I, I know you being an author as well and researcher, feel very called to do the same thing to get this message out there these messages that we've been given that that possibly and and one thing that is so maybe so science fiction but maybe science fiction fact is that we are from another existence and we did come here and we are being harvested for our dna i think so and i I think our world has been terraformed and i believe that uh we have been You know, our DNA has been changed through the centuries, you know, that uh, we came from a different place. And I know many, many of us feel that way, that this isn't our true home, right? No. (laughs) No. uh, You know, I've talked to so many people that feel that way. Um, They look up in the stars and say, take me home. Mm, Right, exactly. Or dream about other places. I've, I've had many vivid dreams myself of, of being other places. One as recently as last week where I am telling you, I don't know if it was a screen memory or if I really went somewhere. And, and I noticed um, in reading your, your bio that you've done a lot of research with a lot of earth mysteries, including cattle mutilations, chemtrails, right. crop circles. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I'm really into right now and and trying to make sense of because it's happening to me is time travel and multiverses and and time lapses and time slits. And and when you talked about the missing time, that, that is a recurring theme. I think in a lot of experiencers, uh, uh, stories. So I would like to talk to you about that a little bit, if you wouldn't mind what you've, um, come to find out in your research in regards to time travel and multiverses. Well, the physicists believe now that there are multi-dimensions out there, and there are many, many theories about it. Um, it's really interesting that um, there is the bubble theory that um, 
you know, there are universes that uh, that we don't see. There's um, being created all the time, and um, it goes on to an infinity. But I've always felt that it's, you know, is is quite. I don't know why, but I've always believed in time travel. I, I, you know, we we believe that there is time here. We it's a human construct, but time doesn't really exist. Thank you. <laughs> the, the past, present, and future are happening all at once. Yes. And I think many of us have experienced it, deja vu, where we actually jump into you know the future, or maybe we actually experience the past in that second. And you know, you say, "Well, I know I've felt this," or you know, many of us have had that feeling that someone died. You know, you remember someone famous died, and to find out that they just died maybe a day or two ago, and you swear they died ten years ago. Mm. I, I can tell you how many people that recently. Um, it's just amazing. So, uh, yeah, I do believe in it, and uh, you know, there. It's interesting that um, there was um, an experiment called the double slit experiment. It's also known as Young's experiment. This was um, during the late 1980s. Scientists discovered that using the double slit experiment, where they shot electrons and protons, were fired through two slit openings on a screen. And what's really strange about it, it's really weird. Um, the results were in a quantum mechanics. Instead of the photons making two patterns on the screen, they ended up making three smudge patterns. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> so, so explain that. <laughs> so where did that come from, you know? Right. There is something. Um, and, of course, you know, there's many, many stories of people that are walking down the street and suddenly they're transported into another time period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've, I've had that experience myself. You? Yes, I have. Wow. Um, but uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But I, the the time um, thing is is really very powerful because, like you said, time does not exist. Time was created by man for man's own mm -hmm. benefit. So when we see everything in such a, a finite uh, state, everything you know it's all linear. But we we're only seeing what we've created for ourselves to see. And we never allow ourselves to see beyond that, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so therefore, when we, I always go back to um, being a child and being, being given these textbooks where, you know, X, Y, and Z is the end all be all. But take those right. same textbooks 30 years later and they're completely obsolete. Right. So, right. when you say the laws of physics, what are the laws of physics? Well, the laws of physics are what man has created to be that law. What do we really know? What do we really know is out there? Yeah, exactly. Our world. We, we're just in kindergarten still. We, we have no idea what's beyond there. There's so much going on. You know, I kind of equate it to an, an onion, you know, with all the layers. You know, there's just so many layers. And I don't know if you have ever watched the TV series. It's now over, but uh, The Fringe. I loved that show. Wasn't that wonderful? I loved it, too. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's just, okay, there are certain people out there. Now, when we talk about that show, that made perfect sense to me. And it might not to, to many, but 
the concept comes from somewhere. So where does somebody get that novel idea to create something that's so blatantly, obviously real? And, and what's even more interesting is why is it no longer on the air? Right. I know. I loved it so much. And, and um, the thought behind that was just incredible. But um, I, I do believe that's all possible. And, and I think that we've had time travelers that come in and out of our world. I think there are portals around the world everywhere that many of the ETs come through. Um, I know you've probably heard of John Teeter, yes. who supposedly was a time traveler from the year 2036 that showed up in a blog in the year 2000 and made some very interesting predictions. Some of them have come true. Some of them are still to come, you know, may come true. But um, yeah, I believe that it was true that, you know, what he knew about the 51 IBM computer having special um, special parts to it that they needed in his time mm -hmm. and, um, what he taught now he's talking about during that time he was saying something the world he didn't say anything about 9-11 specifically but mm -hmm. he said that the uh, New York um, I guess like the the whole area would look different that the skyscrapers would not look the same or something. So it was like he was hinting at 9-11. He said he didn't want to tell us everything that was going to happen. Well, and of course not. That, and he said that we could change things, which I believe too, you know. Um, maybe there are many realities out there, and maybe like JFK was never assassinated. Mm-hmm. Still alive, and you know everything changed. Well, when you talk about multiverses, you're talking also about uh, parallel, possible parallel existence, and and um, right. you know the fact that if you choose, you know, A or you choose B, they're two totally different results. So who's to say that that maybe we don't make these multiple choices with multiple results? Right, right. You know, I've always had a theory that maybe when we die. We can go back and relive this whole lifetime again in a different way. Mm -hmm. you know? And who's to say we're not doing that right now? I know. Maybe we are. And maybe that's also could explain the deja vu and the feeling that it's happened before. Maybe we have done this many times before, but with different endings, with different, um, uh, you know, it, it's like a play, I think. We're on a stage mm -hmm. and we're the actors and we can make up whatever we want. You know, it's kind of a... <laughs> well, we all do create our own reality. Oh, we do. I believe that, absolutely. So being an intuitive as you are, and you obviously are very, you have a lot of prophetic dreams and, and whatnot. Have you yourself uh, gotten any sort of messages about, you were saying about cataclysmic events and what have you? But, but how do you, do you think that it's basically going to be our own doing? Are, we, are you getting a feeling that it's going to be more of a geological event or is it going to be something that, that we're basically going to cause our own demise? What are your feelings on that? Well, Suzanne, you know, it's an interesting question and you may feel the way I do, but I think we've got a lot of things going on right now and I think it's, we, we may have, I think, I believe in cause and effect and I think 
you know, many people have talked about Planet X being out there. It comes through our solar system every 3,600 years. It's a brown dwarf, which is a failed star, and somehow it orbits, you know, and comes through our solar system every 3,600 years. And depending on how close it comes to Earth, it affects all the planets in the solar system, including Earth. And right now, we've had a lot of massive changes. Now, I don't think all these changes are natural. I think some of them are man-made. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and maybe on purpose, too. You mm -hmm. know, ARP out there, we've got uh, a lot of strange things. We've got the fracking going on, which is causing a lot of these earthquakes, I think, sinkholes. Um, but I think there's something else going on with the core of our Earth. And we are being warned that there's just too many strange things going on. And of course, when you think about it, look what's going on this year already. Um, we've had some asteroids coming through really close to Earth. Um, mm -hmm. Not two comets that are coming through this year, one next year. We've had all this space debris, that huge meteor that... Um, that right. Russia, right? People have seen meteors all over the place. So, I, what they say is that the tail of Planet X brings in all this space debris with it, and that's what it's doing. Oh my goodness! So, what I see a lot more things in the sky, a lot more yes. strange. Yes, yes, and I, I have had dreams about that also. So, to me, that's a little bit frightening. What, what's even more unsettling is the fact that. You know, NASA will will let us know maybe like three days before. By the way, kind of yeah. in passing, um, we are going to be experiencing. Um, we're going to see an asteroid coming by Earth. You know, in three days. Right, right. So yeah. that's a and little unsettling. It is, and, and you know what they said, the NASA scientists. They said that all we can do is pray. You know? <laughs> I I don't mean to laugh. I know, but you know, it, it's so silly. But I don't, I don't think an asteroid's going to hit Earth, and I don't think Earth will ever end. Um, I just, I feel that these changes are going to happen. I think it has to happen. We can't continue the way we're continuing. You know, so many, and not you, but, you know, many of these people that aren't awakened yet, um, the misuse of our planet, you know, what I love about the Native Americans, and I've spent a lot of time with them, is their reverence for the earth and ceremonies that they do to Mother Earth. And we've just forgotten so much about who we are and how we're connected to every living thing on this planet. said something that really resonated with me, and that was we need to remember who we are. And I've gotten some messages in regards to that, but I wanted to know what your feelings about that were. You know, through the years, I've had many, many dreams that I'm in a classroom, I'm in a school, and, you know, I don't, I wake up and I don't remember what the messages are, but um, intuitively feel that I'm being drawn to what I should write about and what's going on in the world, and I've always been drawn to nature and, and what's going on. I, you know, I listen to the wind, I watch the trees, the birds, what they're trying to tell us. And I, you know, right now with all these earth changes, I think we all need to trust our intuition. I think we're being told, we've been warned. It's really strange before the, um, it was March 11th, 2011, that the Japanese 9.0 earthquake hit. 
And what's interesting was there were many, many warnings. There were UFOs that were spotted over major cities before that, all over the world. Mm -hmm. Japan. And Mexico. Yes, right, right. Yes, yes, I do remember that. Lots of, lots of fleets. Right, right, exactly. Which I've and never seen before, which is really interesting. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, really. In, in, in broad daylight. Right, and how about that event in Jerusalem? Yes. The Dome of the Rock, um, where that took place. It was incredible. You know, I wanted to talk about that because you spoke about the Fatima Portugal event in 1917 in your book, Angels, Aliens, and Prophecy, which I would really like to talk about now, if we could do that, is the correlation between the number 13 and, and maybe there was a prophecy then with, with the events that happened in, in Phoenix. Is that what you were alluding to? Well, yes. You know, 13 is, is an interesting number, and it, it goes way back to hundreds of years. Even in the Bible, 13 is really a power number. It's, it's amazing, but even the Illuminati have the number 13. They have 11, 13, uh, 22, 25, 29 are their, their numbers. Um, and I think 33, too. But I think aliens have been trying to give us a message about 13, which may be for a date, a 13th day, or it could be this year, 2013. Oh, my goodness. I know. <laughs> okay. So what, what are your feelings on that as far as that's concerned? Is it just a, I mean, here we're, we're in the brink of being nuked by North Korea. I mean, do you think that has something to do with that? Well, you know, it's strange, but we keep hearing stories about the government building bunkers all over the place, under the Denver airport, in the Ozarks, and there was construction last year that started under the White House, and it was all top secret. Nobody knows what they were building under there underground, and, you know, there's just strange things that have been going on. But, you know, this 13 thing goes back to the Phantom of Portugal event with the three children. And they witnessed, they thought it was the Blessed Virgin Mary that came to visit them. And only the children could see her. But she came from May 13, 1917, through October 13, 1917, uh, consecutive, always on the 13th day of the month and always at solar noon she wow. would from the east she would glide in from the east she would always leave in the east she would glide away she'd always hover over a tree an oak tree uh, they would hear booms whenever she came in they would other people would hear that they wouldn't see her but there were the booms there were there was blue smoke she did some incredible miracles for them, um, which were witnessed by thousands of people. But um, on the last day that she appeared to them was October 13th. It, on um, That was 1917 again. A mm -hmm. crowd uh, of 70,000 people were there to witness it. It had been raining, pouring all day. And at solar noon, the clouds parted. And what 
they thought was the sun fall from the sky and come down, and they thought they were all going to die. Of course. The sun fell from the sky. It, it, that all of a sudden, the sun started whirling around what they thought was the sun, uh, spitting out these incredible rainbow colors around the whole area. Everything was just bathed in the colors. Uh, but what is really strange is all these people uh, actually uh, described the sun as a plate of silver. They said it made strange and abrupt movements outside the cosmic laws. It uh, was a very clear disk. It had a sharp edge to it. It looked like a plate of dull silver. Does that sound like the sun? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a mothership. Uh, it sounds like you're right on target with that one. <laughs> so, um, you know, she, the lady that came to them, she didn't say she was the Blessed Virgin Mary. She said she was the Lady of the Rosary. And what's interesting is that, you know, she gave them three, the children, three incredible secrets. And, of course, the Catholic Church has not revealed all of them. They don't believe. Many people believe that the third one has never been revealed and it's about a cataclysmic event. And, you know, what's really interesting is that, let's see, it was Pope Paul John that had an attempted assassination on his life on May 13th. There's that number again, 1981. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I know. And, um, and then again, there was an event, which I think is tied to it. It happened on March 13th, 1997. Thousands witnessed the largest mass sighting of UFOs ever seen in modern times over Phoenix, Arizona. Mm -hmm. Many people felt this dramatic sense of love and connectedness to family and the world after the event. Right. The military said it was flares. Right. I don't think you can get that wonderful feeling from flares. No. <laughs> That's really amazing. That Now, obviously now with YouTube and, and with all of our being able to take these wonderful videos with our cell phone cameras. It's really difficult now to know what's a hoax and what's real. And and there's so much uh, Photoshopping and CGI and what have you. And, and so it's, it's really easy to be a skeptic. But when it's yeah. witnessed by so many people. Thousands of people. And the reason so many people saw it is because they were outside looking for the comet Hale-Bopp. Which was going through the sky, so people were naturally outside and looking up in the sky, and it actually started a little before that that people had been seeing strange things around the Arizona area, um, northern Arizona and, and Phoenix. But the mass sighting was on Phoenix um, on March 13th for Phoenix. But what's interesting is that Phoenix, the city of Phoenix, was named after the mythical Phoenix bird, mm -hmm. which is a bird that um, goes back thousands of years that was supposedly it lived for five to a thousand years it would consume itself in fire and then be reborn again it's death and rebirth and it's always been associated with the sun right <laughs> so uh, i felt that that was telling us about something that's going a solar event that the May 13th or the October 13th, 1917 event with the children in Fantima, um, the solar event was connected to another event that we we're being told symbolically that is going to happen. 
And another event, which is really interesting, was one of the largest UK crop formations appeared August 13, 2001. There's that 13 number. Yes. And um, what's interesting about this crop circle, uh, what amazed researchers is that there were 409 individual circles that formed in a spiral pattern. So 409 equals 13. There's 13. Mm -hmm. yes. Okay. And basically the sheer size and complexity of the formations is staggering. But if hoaxers were to have made it, they would have had to make circles every 30 seconds during the nighttime hours to create the design. Wow. So I don't think hoaxers did that. Now, what do you make of the crop circle phenomenon? I, I know that you've done a lot of research, and that's one thing that I have not gone into in my own research. It's just quite, I'm, I'm an artist, and, and I, I know for a fact that that would be humanly impossible, and, and obviously there's some sort of divine inter, um, intervention going on there. But what do you think the message is from these uh, crop circles? Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's geometric patterns and everything, but I think a lot of it is showing us what Planet X is doing and how it's coming into our solar system. I think a lot of that really? is. Really? Really? Not all of them, but some of them. Um, there was a crop circle that um, was a glyph that had this message on it, and it showed a giant uh, alien. Mm, I did see that. Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was very fast. It was almost comparing uh, our message and, and equating right. what they're, they're like in, in comparison to us. Right. And where they're located in the solar system and, as, and in comparison to where we are and, and what have you. Now, I thought that was very, very fascinating. But then again, you know, that could be a hoax. I mean, a lot of people might say, oh, somebody's just screwing around and, you know. Uh -huh. but, but what do we really know? Yeah. Well, we don't. You know, we, and certainly, I'm sure some of those are, you know, hoaxed that people get out there and right. do that. But I think some of these, like the one that I just told you about that um, had 409 circles, <laughs> it would have been impossible for humans to get out there and stomp around <laughs> in a field, you know, to make that. Right, and, and then there's the Nazca lines, and, and you know, how... Who would who would even think of doing anything like that back then? And then who would be able to see it? You know, obviously, it's it's something that's constructed for a purpose. And, and what is this purpose? What is the message that they're trying to give us? You know, I think that they are telling us that, um, like I said, uh, that Planet X is out there and um, how it is coming through our solar system, how it's affecting the Earth. I think that's some of the messages. What do, you, what do you make of Planet X, in your opinion? What do you think is going to happen? Well, several years ago, I thought I saw it in the sky. And I know <gasps> many, many people have seen two suns up there, especially when the sun is setting. So, you know, it's really strange. And it's really strange that our sun is really quiet right now. Mm. And even NASA researchers and scientists are saying that it's just too quiet. They thought it was going to be at its peak this year. So is it going, is it the quiet before the storm? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Please don't say that. <laughs> I mean, oh. I mean, I, I know that, you know, Planet X, Nibiru, what have you, have there been so many, uh, so much speculation on, on what it is, obviously brown dwarf, but 
so many conspiracy theorists have said other things where that might be the Anunnaki, um, that they're coming back for us, and, and you know, who, who knows? But, I mean, do you feel that there is any sort of truth to that? Are you talking about an ET takeover? Well, I'm not necessarily takeover, but maybe, you know, this is all part of it. This is all part of the prophecy. This is all, you know, they, we, we are here. We're destroying the planet. They're coming back. Basically, we've, I don't want to say we failed, but maybe things have not gone as they should. Was it the, was it the huge meteor that hit the earth that introduced bacteria that caused all of the things to go awry out of their plan? And so they're coming back to maybe, now I've heard this is all basically uh, things that I have heard through the grapevine, other people's theories, um, that that possibly some of us will be staying, some will be leaving. There's that the third will die, a third will stay, and a third will go. I've heard that theory. Have you ever heard anything like that before? Well, I've heard many, many stories. Nancy Leader claims to be in touch with the Zetas, mm. and she's been talking about Planet X since the 90s. And what's interesting is she has made some predictions when it was supposed to shift the Earth's planet, you know, our, our planet, um, our poles. But that hasn't happened. But she has been right on about so many things about the Earth changes, which is really uncanny how accurate she has been about that. She's been talking about it for a long time, about the sinkholes, about all the the space debris coming in, the comets and everything. She's talked about red dust, which the planet brings in. And I feel that there's evidence through the thousands of years that the ge geological evidence that the Earth has shifted. In fact, my mm -hmm. mom did a thesis on it in 1949 when she was in college. Really? the air shifting and nobody was talking about it then and she always felt that it was possible so yeah it's i i think it is possible um i it depends on how far the earth the poles do shift how many degrees it shifts mm -hmm. and what you know what kind of uh Things are going to happen. Well, it. and when the Earth does shift, even, you know, a few degrees, what have you, it's going to cause, you know, a lot of, of shifts on the Earth as well, you know, tidal shifts and what have you. So just that, I mean, the Earth is just a, a perfect machine, or it was, I should say, and everything was very harmonious, but there's been so much disharmony and, and, and just, you know, the pollution and, and what we've done and... Just, I mean, I could go on and on. Just the energy is just not what it could be. Let's just put it that way. The vibration is not what it should be. And, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that we are, um, our, our priorities are completely ridiculous and we don't remember who we are. We don't remember why we're here. I think that a lot of us are going to start remembering and I think we are starting to remember by having these prophetic dreams or having these uh, these deja vu experiences where you feel that you have been here before and, and knowing that there are, we are interdimensional beings, that we do have the capacity to do these things. But the thing that we need to remember is to do the things that we're supposed to be doing. And I think we've just been so dumbed down um, 
to not pay attention to our abilities to do these things, to write these things. And I think that that's going to be the awakening that's going to start the change in a, in a positive way. Well, I did too. You know, and like I was saying that I, I spent a lot of time with Native Americans and, you know, I, I there's just this feeling, this, um, you know, affinity that I have for them and just the different ceremonies that they do. And we've so forgotten about ceremony and how important it is that we give that reverence to the earth. I go out and I touch the earth and I get down on my hands and knees mm -hmm. and I pray to her mm -hmm. because she's a living entity. Everything around it, we forget that everything it has a consciousness. Yes. Everything, I, even rocks. Yep. You know, even the Native Americans, you know, they know that and they express that. Um, you know, they have their special rocks, um, they do their ceremonies, their sweat lodges, their vision quests. And their their powwows, um, where they dance and they give, um, you know, just how much gratitude and appreciation for everything. So we have to realize that, you know, when I see all this abuse of animals out there, again, you know, I just cry, you know, because animals have a consciousness, and I do believe they have a soul that they're on their own evolutionary path, and we just have to start realizing that we are connected. We are all one. Yes, we are. And I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, your book again. Mm -hmm. And the title itself is very intriguing because I think that a lot of us don't really realize that everything is connected also. Angels, aliens, and, and prophecy, the connection. And there is a connection. What led you to believe that there was a connection between these three things? Well, I think my mother had a great influence on me when I was growing up. We used to talk about the Bible and Ezekiel and his vision of what sounded just like aliens or um, ancient astronauts with what he described, a wheel within a wheel. He talked about the fire around it. He described what sounded like a modern astronaut. And, and, you know, people that read that, you know, just don't know how to interpret that. It's so strange what he talks about. So I believe that these were either time travelers, they were aliens, I don't know. But um, it certainly wasn't angels because they wouldn't have to have a, right. a flying um, machine uh -huh. or, or, you know, any kind of outfits to wear like that. Um, so, yeah, and even maybe the story of Lot is uh, interesting. It could have been a nuclear or atomic explosion. And they were given so much time to get out. There's always these timetables that they were given. So I began to think that, you know, maybe they were, you know, aliens or time travelers, like I said. But um, I do believe in angels. I do. Um, I don't think they have ever been in human bodies. I think Many times we see these orbs out there. Not all orbs are angels, but um, they are pure light. They are very evolved souls. Right, I agree. And and the the whole presence of, of when you say guardian angels and, and we hear so many stories of people knowing or, or there's no way they would have survived a certain accident mm -hmm. if there wasn't divine intervention. Exactly. and. I, I had an experience myself with a dream, and, and that's 
the one event that actually made me start thinking about things a lot differently. Uh, my mother did express to me when she was younger, or I'm sorry, when I was younger, that she was able to astral project. Wow. And <laughs> really, okay, so so there's something that being said about uh, having these experiences within your family, that maybe it is a, a generational experience. You're not the first person that I've, I've spoken with that's had a mother or a child um, that has been an experiencer or has seen a craft. Um, and do you feel that maybe this is a generational thing that we're, we're part of some sort of a, maybe an experiment or maybe it's just part of our, our family history that maybe we are the hybrids ourselves? I mean, what do you make of all this? Well, you know, when we talk about reincarnation, I, I think, you know, that we have been in, incarnated in alien form. Um, I think we've existed on other planets. Um, I think that we're here now to experience this planet and this vibration here. And what we do is, is so important. I think many of the beings that are watching us out there are watching because they know that great events are going to happen and to see what we're going to do and how we handle it. Um, I think it's important for us right now to realize that we are being watched, we're being studied. I think there are many that can help us to a certain degree, but not totally. It's up to us to make changes. And I think there will be these earth changes, but I also think there's going to be a spiritual evolutionary changes for humans. Yes, I agree. So you, do you feel on the most part then that, I mean, I've, I've heard horrible stories, very, very horrific experiences with their contacts um, with obviously the egg retrieval and, and semen extraction and, and experiments implants inserted and what have you that are just absolutely devastating to the human psyche. But on the other hand, I, I'm beginning to understand why these things have happened. And so it's really different. It's difficult in a sense because there's so much fear involved with the phenomenon. But on, on the other hand, I'm understanding now that maybe there's a, a sense of purpose with this, uh, this mission that they might have with us here on earth. Right. So there is a, a benevolent side to it as well. What what do you feel about that? Well, let me give you an analogy. When I was very young, I remember watching television, and there was a show that showed that we were made up of atoms and molecules and all these moving things. And when I saw that, I was frightened. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, all these things are moving around on your body, and you can't see it. They're invisible, but yet they're there. And that's what you're made of. And, you know, when I think about all these people that claim to have been abducted or had some kind of contact that are really fearful, I mean, it's fear of the unknown. Mm. And in many cases, these people were fearful at the time, but after a while, they started seeing what it was all about and, and they understood what was going on with the event and why they're visiting us. And, it isn't to harm us. I mean, if they wanted to take over the world and kill us all, they could do that. And they would have done it already. Sure. Eons ago. <laughs> exactly. I mean, looking at the state of affairs here on, on Earth as it is, 
I mean, why would they continue to let us completely destroy this beautiful planet? I mean, that just doesn't make any sense to me. And and the fear element, I think, has a lot to do with the fear of just the unknown in, in general. I For me, I mean, it was very horrible and painful and, and you know, but I also believe that they might not be able to understand our fear as well and they can't understand why we're so frightened. I mean, they're coming from a different um, mindset. Well, I don't say mindset, but but obviously they're here for a reason. Betsy, I just want to say that I am absolutely thrilled to have you on tonight because I've really been wanting to touch on something that's been in the back of my mind since I was a child and that is religion. And and being as your book involves angels um, and prophecy and, and with aliens thrown in there in the middle, which is you know definitely an interesting throw into the mix, but I always felt compelled to belong to a religion. And I was not brought up in a religious household. We did go to church until I was about mm, probably about nine years old, which was very interesting because that was at the height of my visitations as well. Mm-hmm. But my father, all of a sudden one day, decided that we weren't going to church anymore, and that was it, and he was becoming an atheist. Oh, really? What? Yes. And I was devastated. I was absolutely at my wit's end, and I thought, what am I going to do? Now, we had been going to a Lutheran church with my mother. She was brought up Lutheran, and, and she loved to have that structure in her life, and she was born in Denmark, and, and they were very, I don't know, I guess... Her whole family was very religious back there in Denmark. And so when she came to this country, she continued to do so. But I was just so drawn to wanting to go to church. And so I sought out some friends, and I went to church with them, and and I went to a a Presbyterian church for a while. And then after a while, I thought, "Eh, I don't know, I just don't feel right here. So then I started going to like a Seventh-day Adventist church. And then I went, I became Catholic. And then I became born-again Christian, Pentecostal, carrying my Bible around with me wherever I went. I actually read the Bible at nine. Wow. And I just, for some reason, I I love to read. But I I was just drawn to it. I was just drawn to the stories. And they just really spoke to me, even though it was very difficult to understand at nine, the way it was written, obviously. But um, as I got older, I, um, I just decided, you know, I don't, I don't belong anywhere. And so I just took my Bible and basically went home and I said, okay, I'm just gonna have my own church by myself. And I'll just let the Bible guide me. And, and when this is really interesting. Now, I always look at life, I've looked at life like that. And I'll remember something that was written in the Bible that seemed very similar to something that was going on in the on the earth and when the earthquake happened in Japan mm-hmm. I stopped dead in my tracks I went and I grabbed my Bible and I started reading the book of revelations immediately and I started reading about the seven churches in in Asia I can't remember now it's been a couple of years but I want to talk to you about this. Right. And and you said to me during our break that 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 resonated with you as well and I want to know why and I want you to tell me how. Well, I never felt that church answered my questions. I I had a lot of questions for them and they never could answer my questions. Who is God? What what is God? Um, you know, uh, 
some of the things in the Bible just didn't make sense to me, and I started feeling that a lot of things that were written in it were revised. That um, and so I started searching. I I've gone to many different uh, churches and religions, um, and I from some of those things I incorporated what I believe. And so I have my own beliefs. I don't think I'm a religious person, but I'm very spiritual, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that we have to go to church. I think a lot of churches are very controlling. And I think some of them are very dark, too. Mm. Um, I hate to say that, but I think there is a spiritual war going on right now. Yes. uh, Between light beings and what I call the family of dark. And they uh, want to destroy us and destroy our world. And they just don't care. It's about power. It really is. And like I said, I think um, there are some churches involved with that. In fact, there's many prophecies about the Catholic Church. And, and there is some very strange things about the 13. Of course, this new pope was elected on mm-hmm. the 15th. Yes. You know, the 15th, which equals... 13. He was ordained um, as a, um, a cardinal on the 13th. I think that was um, 1969. I, I don't have the exact date in front of me, but um, it was on the 13th. So there's a lot of things going on with the church and 13, which I'm writing about in my new book, which will be out. Um, it's it's called Mystic Revelations of 13, which incorporate all the things that are going on with 13. Very interesting. And, of course, you know, the number 13 uh, is associated with the Illuminati, the Freemasons, and there's just so much that um, I could go into that, but that would take... <laughs> what do you think the message is, though, behind the 13? What do you think it means? Well, 13, you know, numbers have power. And, of course, the church says they're not into astrology, but right. uh, I think they're into numerology, obviously, with some of these things that have been going on. Um, and I think they are into astrology, too, even though they won't admit it. But, um, it, you know, what's really interesting is, you know, they have a telescope in Arizona near Tucson, yes. which is called Lucifer, right? Mm-hmm. Working with the University of Arizona, but they've been watching something down there for some time, and a lot of people think it's Planet X, but they built this telescope on top of the Apache's sacred mountain. And what's interesting about the Apaches is that they have had a lot of contact with other beings um, and that's why they think this is a portal for these beings to come in through Mount Graham where wow. the temple is located wow I know that's there's really little, there's just a lot of stuff going on in Arizona a lot of UFO stuff and alien stuff wow yeah so in in um in your book you're saying also that do you believe the, the Fatima event and the Phoenix Lights were orchestrated by the, the celestial or the alien beings, the ETs? Mm-hmm. Um, I do. So wh- what do you think the reason behind that is? I think that something's going to happen either on the 13th day or in 
this year, 2013. And that, is that the event that you're speaking about in the book? Right. And what I have sensed is that what's going on in the Indonesian plates, the Euro-Indonesian plates, uh, around Indonesian, there is going to be a major, major event down there again. You know, there was the big earthquake down there in 2004, mm-hmm. which killed over 2,000, 200,000 people uh, from the tsunami and earthquake. But I think, uh, you know, something major is going to happen there. And I also think that we could get a solar event. Wow. All in this year. Well, uh, it's possible. Yeah, it might not all be in this year, but yeah, I think 13, we've been warned about 13, I really think so. And I think the church knows about it. They're into the 13 thing, too. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah. It's quite obvious. They're not, they're not shy about that, that's for sure. You know, what's really interesting, you know, I found so many 13 things, but um, the eldest child that was given one of the visions at uh, Fantima, Portugal, in 1917, she became a cloistered nun, and of course she wrote down the third secret, and the church was supposed to have revealed it in 1960. They did not do it for some reason. They said the world wasn't ready for it. But what's interesting about Lucia is that she lived to be 95, and she died on February 13th, 2005. No. Yes. Oh, my God. I know. And what, another interesting thing, get this, that the the astronomers that worked for the Vatican have made some very strange remarks about aliens that they believe in the existence. Uh, this father, Gabriel Funes, uh, on May thirteenth, two 2008, talked about intelligent beings created by God could exist in outer space. He went on to say that extraterrestrial life does not challenge the belief in God. I know, right? <laughs> That's a pretty bold statement. It is. And um, Father Balducci has also been talking about aliens and everything. And, you know, and a lot of people wonder if maybe they're orchestrating an event. You know, mm. Project Blue Beam mm-hmm. that either our government or somebody is going to make up this whole scenario of aliens coming in. And, you know, our new gods will be aliens. So, I don't know. Something's going on. <laughs> okay, well then, let's let's take that little message that you just said. Because mm-hmm. the one thing that I wanted to ask you, are angels aliens? Well, I think in many instances, uh, they have come back to, you know, they didn't want to frighten the children. I think they were aliens and not um, angels children in Fantima and to disguise themselves they took on a religious figure and why would they need all the booms and the the theatrics that they use you know the smoke and the the uh, just the different things that happened it, you know it's just not necessary um, why she f- had to glide in from the east and it was almost like they were you know um, downloading the information in their brains and what they believed in. Wow. And I know in many of these um, ET experiences that people have had, uh, like Betty, Andreas, and Luca, she had 
Uh, she was taken down what was like the yellow brick road, you know, like she was in the Wizard of Oz. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, you know, I think they do that. I think they take a lot of the memories that we have and use them. And use them in what way? Um, to So we're not frightened. They use them so we feel comfortable, um, like for Betty, when she was taken down this yellow brick road and she had in special shoes like glass slippers and, you know, it was, I really think that's what they're doing. Or maybe they just give us a scenario that's not so frightening, something that we could actually be familiar with for, like, introducing certain animals. When I was, uh, when I was four years old, I had my second um, known to me visitation that did include missing time, and it did involve an owl. Yes, I was going to mention that. Were you? (laughs) That's weird. Yes, isn't that funny? So many people have talked about owls, screen memories of owls. And uh, the Apaches, um, they don't like owls. They just have this thing about owls. Well, isn't that interesting? Because aren't owls supposed to be wise? Well, they are. (laughs) But they sometimes are believed to be harbingers of death, too. Oh, wow. I never knew that. Cultures don't like owls. Hmm. I don't know if I like that because I I have had a few uh, owl events. And, and, you know, I have to say that one of the owl events that did happen, it was a very negative experience Hmm. that involved somebody in the UK. Oh, really? We had a a shared event that happened at the same time. It was was a very odd story. I'll have to tell you about it sometime off air. But... um, I do hear this owl phenomenon over and over and over again. A very good friend of mine devotes his blog, uh, Mike Clellan's Hidden Experience, which is a fantastic blog for anybody out there who would like to check it out. It's all about, um, well, it's, it's mostly about the owl phenomenon and just synchronicities and numbers also. Just mm-hmm. what does it all mean? I mean, literally, I have 1111 in my life. Right. I mean, literally, my birthday is 11-11, and same with my boyfriend. We were born on the very same day, March 26, 1962, and it is, we're both double 11s. So, wow. what does it all mean? And right now, it's 7-11. <laughs> yeah, it's 5-11 here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> You know, when I've been talking about 13, you know, so much, well, someone says, well, you know, that the monsters lived on 13, 13 Mocking Lane. Mockingbird. Mock, it was the Mockingbird Lane. That's right, it. right. That makes sense. And I wanted, oh, that's funny, because I was just reading um, a post the other day, and I was talking about the ET experience and how, you know, when they come to us and they do these experiments or, or um, these abductions and they take us and we're so frightened as children, we, we mm-hmm. don't know what's going on. Um, it, it, it's just the most frightening experience I think I've ever gone through in my life. Mm-hmm. Not have, And the thought of not being able to lose control. The second right. most horrible experience was when it happened to my daughter. Wow. And... When it involved her, it was a totally different scenario because now I was living, losing control over my own child. 
mm-hmm. you know, and and that as a mother is the most horrible feeling in the world. But um, the thing that strikes me is that maybe they just don't understand our fear, and maybe they don't understand why we're so afraid. Well, that could be. They say that the small grays are, you know, biological entities, um, that they may not have feelings, and maybe they're kind of um, messengers, you know, that they really just do whatever they have to do, the experiments, and that's it. But there's someone behind them. It's kind of like the Wizard of Oz, you know, when you pull the curtain, there's this man. Um, in Betty Andreessen's remarks, she said that the Greys worked with what they called the elders, and they're very human-looking. Um, they wear robes. They um, look very biblical. Yeah, yes. kind of interesting. <laughs> I have seen one of those beings myself. The elders. Yeah. Yes. So it, it's you know it, in a, in a sense. That that being was more. Uh, it was he was so majestic. Is the way that, that I almost felt like I had to be reverent in his presence. So there was definitely a, a sense of awe being around that energy. It was a completely different uh, feeling that I had gotten from the gray entities that I whom I did fear my whole life, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I, I have. I don't know about you if you've ever actually seen. Um, have you ever been visited yourself by any sort of an energy being? I have. Um, when I was very young, we lived in a house. It was a new house, but it had a lot of poltergeist activity in it, which was interesting. There there were things that were going on. We could hear, we'd be in the basement. We could hear somebody pounding upstairs or walking really heavy. We'd run upstairs. There was no one around. Uh, things would fly off shelves. Um, and then one night I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw this gauzy form of what I thought was a man standing beside me. And it may have been E.T., I don't know, or maybe it was, you know, maybe um, a ghostly entity or something. I don't know. I, I, it was frightening. I pulled the covers over my head. I didn't want to look up until the next morning. Of course. So oh, I know what that feeling's like. But that's interesting because now the whole correlation between these energy beings how do we distinguish between the two because it seems that they they enter our space the same way and they leave the same way they might not look the same but the same fear is there um we you know i've seen both as well apparitions um i've seen dead people as well come to me right as they passed or right after they passed um i think they're all related do you, oh, do you agree? Oh, I do. And, you know, so many uh, abductees and contactees have claimed that ETs have shown up with their deceased relatives. Yes. So they obviously are on the other side. They can go through dimensions. They, they go through walls. They go through doors. And people have reported that they feel their astral body has gone up with them and they can actually see themselves you know, lying there, and, you know, they're transported by the aliens, but it's their astral body, not their real physical body that's being transported somewhere. Right. You know, I I did want to ask you something in your opinion. 
we're talking about um, angels and maybe guardian angels and, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I had an experience a couple of years ago that um, I did have a very vivid dream. And I woke up. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to tell the whole story because it's quite long. But I, I was at the scene of a bus crash. Mm-hmm. And I was there with five other people. And we all felt like we were, I, I got the feeling that we were all just plopped there, just wow. like out of the sky. And we were standing in a line looking at each other. And we all looked at each other like, what the heck is going on? And at that same instant, we all just went right into the bus. And the bus was on its side. And we went right through the bus. We didn't walk in a door. We went like right through the side of the bus. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And and we entered it. And Everybody was screaming. There were a lot of women and their children hanging from their seatbelts, crying, and there wasn't another uh, car involved. So it looks like it just like fell on its side or something, like it was super top-heavy or something. Mm-hmm. And I was drawn to this one woman, and she's speaking to me telepathically, and she says, help my baby. And I'm looking for this baby, and, and I find a baby wedged underneath the seat, and I pull the baby out. And I unlatch her from her seatbelt, and I look around at the other people that I was with, and they were all attending to somebody else as well. Mm-hmm. And when I made sure that nobody else was severely injured, I left the bus, and I was—I woke up with a start. Wow. And wow. it was so real. Mm-hmm. I could not shake it for days. And I told my boyfriend at the time about it, and, and he was just like, oh, it's nothing. You just have these crazy dreams all the time, which I do, but, but it just seemed different. Do you know what I'm saying? And and so I I thought, you know what, I'm just going to get on the computer and, and just see like on that day, if there was anything like an accident that was very similar to this. And, and one thing that I didn't tell you is that when the woman spoke to me telepathically, she was speaking in a foreign language, so I knew that it wasn't here. I felt that it was more in Europe somewhere, so I wrote the date down. I Googled it, of course, mm-hmm. and I flipped through about three pages, and on the third page, there was a little thumbnail picture photograph of a bus, and it was the same bus. Wow. And I clicked on, I clicked on the link, and it was in Bulgaria. Wow. And yeah. this, there was an accident, and the, there was a, it was a bus full of, of families going to a summer camp. So it was women and their children going to a summer camp, like the mothers and their, their kids. And the only difference was there was one fatality. And I got, I said, how could I have missed that? I, that was the first thing I said out of my mouth. Well, the person who passed was ejected outside of the window. Oh. And so I didn't see it. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, it was exactly the same scenario. It happened in real time. It mm-hmm. happened while I was sleeping. Sure. So oh. so I want to know, in your opinion, you've written this book, Angels, Aliens, and Prophecy, Guardian Angels. Now, are we, do we have that capability to be guardian angels here on this earth? Oh, I think so. And I think. You know, we are multi-dimensional with our personalities. I think many of us can leave our bodies. They say when we're sleeping that we are in another astral realm, and we can be in different places at different times. And certainly there are many, many stories of people that have, 
you know, actually astral projected to save somebody in their family or um, someone that they knew. They're just incredible stories that I've read. So, yes, absolutely. We can be the angels, too. You know, they're people that show up out of nowhere. That <laughs> Yes. So time travelers, who knows? Maybe they are. And, you know, they are guardian angels, too, that something wasn't meant to happen to this person at that time. Right. And they were saved. You know, there there are no coincidences. There's, it's all meant to be. It's well, that that's what's just been so fascinating, Betsy, is that it's really changed my perception of so many things by having that happen to me, because mm-hmm. I experienced that, and it's giving me a, a you know thinking more outside of the box, thinking more about time travel or. Interdimensional travel, mm-hmm. also. So, mm-hmm. I know firsthand that I was there. Right. I mean, right. there is no way. Now, what I'd love is to be able to find this woman and say, "Do you remember anything? Anybody there? You know, coming to you when you're in distress?" Right. Right. You know, just uh, like if she said, "Oh, this woman helped me with my baby," or what have you. That to me is fascinating. Right. So then, so then, maybe the ET presence is coming in and out of our dimension in the same way that maybe these these apparitions are as well, or, or our dead relatives. Right, right. Uh, you know, I've had so many dreams. A lot of them are about Earth changes that have come true, but a lot of personal warnings that I feel are my spirit guides or my angels. Uh, but so many, many things and and dreams. Um, I had a dream I remember so vividly about a dog that I had and I had an angel that told me that the dog was going to die, that she had to take the dog and I pleaded, please don't take the dog now and the dog did die, you know, and it was just, yeah, it was so sad but many warnings that have actually saved my life, there's just been so many times that I could tell you that um, you know, I was in a situation where I could have died, and it, it was like somebody saved me, or I was warned about something that was going to happen. All right, Betsy, well, I hate to be wrapping it up right now. We've got so much more to talk about. So um, that being said, I just really want to talk about your work, how people can get in touch with you, Angels, Aliens, and Prophecy, by, and The Connection by Betsy Lewis is available on Amazon. Is that correct? That's correct. And for Nook and Kindle as well? Uh, yes, it is. It sure excellent, is. excellent. And then your next book is entitled what again? Mystic Re- Revelations of 13. It will be in ebook on April 7th. That's the date I hope to get it up there. It'll just be an ebook and eventually in soft cover. Excellent. And then um, if somebody would like to contact you, how might they do that? Well, they, they can go to my website. It's BetsyLewis.com. Betsy is spelled B-E-T-S-E-Y, Lewis, L-E-W-I-S.com. And um, they can go to the contact information. I have my Earth News one on there, which I put on everything that's going on around the world, my predictions. That was my next question. <laughs> I, yeah, anything that's going on that's strange, UFO uh, sightings, I've got um, earthquake news, volcanic eruptions, sinkholes that are forming. Around. Oh, my goodness. Oh, every day there's new information on there. Excellent. Well, I, I hope that maybe um, 
I don't want to say this in a negative way, but when and if these things do start happening again, um, I would love to have you back on as a guest and talk about these things because I think they're very, very important to talk about. Oh, I think so, too. It would be awesome. Thank you awesome. so much. And I, you know, I just want to mention one quick thing. Sure. Suppose we're all going to awaken on the 13th day coming up this year. We're all going to have this epiphany. <laughs> I think that's wonderful, and you heard it here at Random Alien Brain Droppings. Definitely, Betsy. Um, and you know what? Why don't we plan another uh, interview on a 13th of another month of this year? That would be awesome. Sounds great. And Betsy, I understand that you have a radio show as well. I do. It's Rainbow Vision Network. I've had it for four years, and I've had some fascinating guests on the show and i'd love to have you on oh i would love to be a guest so when when does your show air it's usually on wednesdays at five o'clock and it's a blog talk radio show so they just go to blog talk radio forward slash rainbow vision okay and um, they can go to my website betsylewis.com and just click on events calendar and they'll be able to go right to that link Excellent. Oh, well, I think that would be amazing. I definitely have a lot to share with you, just as you with me. So um, we could go on and on for years, couldn't we? <laughs> I really look forward to that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so Thank you so much for joining us at Random Alien Brain Droppings with Betsy Lewis. I'm Suzanne Chancellor. We'll see you next month. Lost and hurt and lonely too Are they bleeding all your colors into one? And if you come undone As if you've been run through Some catapulted fire chill You wonder if a chance will ever come Or if you're stuck in square one